and welcome to Elegum of the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is... Jan Johns. <laughs> um, I just want to point out, before we start talking about anything, I love your name. You have the comic book thing theme of two two J's. <laughs> oh, thanks. My parents, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Double J. <laughs> Good old double J. Dude, I, I do love it when people call me JJ. It's so dumb, but I do. Because, <laughs> like, people... People will like just give you a nickname sometimes without even thinking about it, and then someone's like, "Hey, JJ," and I'm like, "Yeah, it makes me feel cool because I know I'm not cool." <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I mean, you, you, um, you, you're cool. You, you, you work in a ah. business where you make funny voices for a living. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm grateful for that because I don't know what I'd do without it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you could be parking cars or something. Hey, that's true. Noble job. Noble job. But definitely grateful to be doing my job for sure. I mean, you ever have like one of those feelings where you ask yourself, like, if I wasn't doing what I'm what I'm what I'm currently doing, would it um like what would I be doing? Yeah. I'll, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because I, I um, cause this is really, really hard and. Um, it's wonderful and it's terrible. It's wonderfully terrible. So it's like a constant roller coaster. So I do think, and then I also, you know, all that stuff about like being replaced by AI, you know, so I'm kind of like, well, what would I do? Oh yeah. I remember, I remember that. Too. And <laughs> it would, yeah. no, go ahead. That, uh, no, 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 the, the, did you see the article, the verge, Is it the verge or wired? Wired. Uh, I mean, but I remember like there was like discourse about, you know, AI taking over and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of see it both ways where I kind of understand people getting upset about it. And I kind of understand. But at the same time, you know, I don't think AI is nearly advanced enough to to copy someone's voice because it needs like some sort of sample of someone's voice. Yeah, but there are voice actors that are giving their voices away you yeah, know, all the time, that's, that's <clears throat> which is pretty sad. <laughs> Um, but you know, I just, I wonder if like one day this is going to be used for like, say if, like if parents get lazy and it's like, I don't have to say, I love you that much to my kid. And your mother loves you. She loves you. You know, like, <laughs> I just wonder like what the application would be in like real life. You know, I mean, they're already using automated voices for TikTok. You know, I was born in a cold winter Sunday, you know, that whole thing. Microsoft Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, it's just it's sad because, like, I don't know if you see this, but I'm I'm watching in most lines of work, the art is just being sucked out. It's production, 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 and quality goes. The art goes. The heart and soul goes. It's happening in medicine. It's happening in writing. It's happening in performance. Um, everything. You know, and it's so, oh God, it, I just, I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, it to get old, you know, that, you know, people no longer want to go to a corporate, you know, doctor's office and, you know, feel like just another number. They want to go back to like knowing who their doctor is and having a conversation with another human being versus, you know, just like, well, you were here last week. Here are two pills. Goodbye. You know, like. 
just another cog in a machine, man. It just feels that way. So I, I don't know. It would, it would break my heart if that's what happened to voice acting, really. I mean, honestly, it would break my heart if, if like, I woke up one day and, and, and people just said, okay, we don't need writers anymore. We'll just, like, yes. <laughs> we'll just feed an AI, like, a bunch of, like, plot lines and cliches and it'll just, like, shit out a script in, like, 10 minutes or so. <laughs> it wasn't there a movie that was written by a computer, right? Wasn't it? It was really, really weird and terrible. The script. Did you ever see that? It's been It's been a while. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, that would break my heart too, because guess what? You guys are the ones that give us the words to, to speak. You know, you give us these wonderful, beautiful scenes. I don't think a computer, I don't want to know if a computer can do that. You know, what are they drawing from? <laughs> like, my mother boy loved me, you know? <laughs> but I mean, everything is just like so automated. Like I remember like, you know, it's, I know it sounds cliche, like the all oh, the the stereotypical writer sitting in with a with a typewriter typing the words, you know, yeah, um, word by word, and having to if they make a mistake, they have to like rewrite the whole thing. But you know, when you read old books and and old manuscripts that were written that way, like it, it's much more raw than it is nowadays, or you can just yeah, I mean, look, I'm. I mean, no offense to, to, to anyone who uses Final Draft. Uh, Final Draft is um, is a program that saves a lot of time, and I get that, you know, because, you know, with, with production being, fa you know, being sh be being the mon monstrosity that it is to these days where studios are like, oh, we got to get everything fa everything out in, in this specific time frame. No one wants to wait for anything anymore. You know, it, it's it's helpful, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, you know, I hate the idea of of like opening just a program and just like typing a character's name and then just like copy paste everything. It's just. What would be your dream job for writing? Do you have like a. I, I don't know, like, you know, before pandemic, before anything else, I would have probably said, like, I want to write a television series or a movie or whatever. But, you know, looking at how at how shit Hollywood is when it comes to to creative control and, you know, freedom of expression when it comes to to a to a writer's vision versus, you know, a studio's vision. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's daunting, right? Like, but but then at the same time, like, I just want to encourage you to don't let that stop you, because if everyone went by that, no one would be try be trying at all. You know, yeah, you get caught up in the Hollywood machine and yeah, people take your stuff and own it and then never airs. And like, I'm, you have to really work your butt off and all the things I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I see some of my friends go through some things and hear them talk about it. And it seems pretty heartbreaking, but it's like, if you love it, that's the thing. If you love it, you got to do it. If if you love anything else, you got to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like it really is kind of all or nothing. I'm not saying that you can't have a day job to support this because, I mean, that's kind of the norm, unfortunately, for, for any artist, unless you come from some immense wealth somewhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, like if you have things to say, if you have stories to tell, like who's to say that? People wouldn't want it, you know? You just don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, I know it's, you know, doom and gloom, but at the same, but, you know, I'm not saying it in, in a way to be, to be like a nihilist and, and say, oh, right. well, no, I get that. Every, everything sucks. But I mean, like the more I look into what the process is now versus what it was like 10 years ago, it's kind of daunting. It's kind of jarring to, to, oh, to, totally. see, to, to see how more corporate, more soulless, more like everything even like shows that I like had to go through that process. And that just like, that's just sad, really like seeing all these beautiful shows and, and movies that, uh, that have these like terrific scripts and terrific acting and, and all that stuff. And, and realizing that they had to go through bullshit just to, you know, just to get it made. And it's just, it's, it's a lot to take in. It really is. And yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is <laughs> <laughs> no. but oh to answer your question if i could see myself doing anything else um i i can't because and you probably understand this like there there feels like there's something like inside that i have to get out like as an artist and i know it sounds pretty maybe like kind of hooey pooey but it's like it's i have to like i i have to um, but if I had to do anything else, I mean, I used to clean houses. I'll take any job. Um, but if I had a choice, it would be to pop zits. I would love that. I would love to be like an esthetician and like pop zits. <laughs> Is oh, that gross? God. I love gross things. I love gross things so much. Oh, and tonsil stones. Do you know what those are? Oh, Damn. God. <laughs> I'll like watch videos. Uh, if I can't sleep, I'm like, oh, yeah those it's disgusting i'm disgusting <laughs> no 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 i used to know a guy who who um we were talking about like weird i gotta i don't remember uh what the conversation was but uh the topic of like gross videos came up and we were just talking about like gross videos and and he said like is it weird that i get like immense sat satisfaction by watching people pop zits online <laughs> and i'm like yes because <laughs> it's gross and disgusting and <laughs> and look i mean i've had you know okay co content warning for anyone listening um i hope you guys aren't eating right now cuz um this is going to be um kind of kind of be gross but um i've had instances where i've had um i would wake up with a with a real terrible eye infection i remember like back when i was 22 years old i you know woke up one day and like my um my right eye was like real puffy and and it's just i don't know how it got infected but it got like really really puffy and every time like, I, I, I closed it it would like i opened and closed it it would um hurt and i i i uh i go to my mother and say um you know it's infected and she's like what are you doing to telling me this go to the go to the doctor <laughs> just like you know went went to went to um to um a uh went to a doctor and they told me okay you gotta put cream on it and and let me tell you it's really uncomfortable like having to sleep with you know cream on your on your eyes and having to keep to keep it shut and to not open your eyes because you don't want it to get into your, you know, into your eyes. 
No, I've I've had an eye infection too, and it is pretty gnarly, man. It feels like there's sand in there, it hurts so bad, and there's nothing you can really do other than just like wait it out and use the drops, use the cream, and ugh. But okay, question. So was there any pus, or was it just red? <laughs> no, I mean it was flaring up. It was like really, like it's really disgusting. <laughs> like yeah, oh that's cool. Had, no, no. I mean, if I had let it, like, I'm, I'm glad I caught it when I did. If, if it, if I had let it, yeah. like, if I had let it for a few days, it would have, like, yeah, yeah, it would have gotten worse, way worse, and totally, yeah. And I also remember one time I had, um, I remember like shaving, and um, like sometimes, like, you don't notice this, but like sometimes, you know, you know, pimples can grow even when you have a beard. And like there was like one pimple and I was like shaving with an electric razor and then, you know, I end up like, you know, popping it. And I'm like, okay, fine. Ah! <laughs> like, okay, that's that's fine. That's not that's not um <laughs> that that's not a big deal. Oh, you know, we call that nature's gift. It's like, hello, you're welcome. A treasure inside your beard. No, no, uh, <laughs> but um it gets worse because what apparently Apparently, like it, it was like still like the place that I popped it in, it got infected and it like grew, like it it it, it yeah, another pimple oh. grew in, in where where the old one was and it was like horrific. It was really really big and I'm like, okay, we got to go to the doctor and and they're like, we got to pop this, <laughs> we have to pop this and I'm like, okay. Go to the room. There's this guy waiting. Puts his rubber gloves on. Puts his hand on my face, and then just like pop, yeah, <laughs> pus everywhere. Ew! Was it great? Was it like substantial? No, it was just it was really gross, and I had to like you know you know wear um wear this big um I don't know what what you call it um. I don't know what the a bandage? Was. Yeah, a bandage on on my face uh, <laughs> it was, and I had to. Yeah, it was real awkward going to college with that with um that on my face. But uh, yeah, where'd you go to college? Um, God, I don't remember this. I don't remember the year exactly, but um, because I've been to many colleges, I I went to originally. I went to the um, American University of Kuwait, and that but that didn't oh, work oh. out. For reasons I will not discuss, because it, it's a long story and it's all it's old um, it's water under the un, under the bridge and it's a part of my, it's a it's a period of my life I don't I don't like looking back on so okay I uh, get and, that my own yeah. way for sure yeah and and then I spent um, four years at the Australian College of Kuwait and um, yeah and those were some of the worst years of my life as well so like college was just not. A fun experience for me but uh you know I'm i got through it and um i mean i got through it and i don't and i'm and i'm you know glad that those days are long gone by now like i don't look yeah. back on i don't look back on those um on those memories fondly i i don't i i feel like i i feel like um i, I don't know how to describe it, it it's it's not <laughs> It's not one of those periods in in my life where I look back and say, "Well, there was some good in it." No, I was um, I wasn't in. I was um, 
I was at that period in my time where it was just like young and, and, you know, you're starting in, you know, starting in my twenties and I was angry a lot. I had like a lot of repressed anger and, you know, I took it out on, on people that I shouldn't have taken it out on. And, you know, I just burned a lot of bridges, let's say long story short, I burned a lot of bridges and, um, I don't like the person I was back then. So, um, so you this seem pretty is a, nice this now. is a very uplifting episode as you can tell. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Well, what what games do you like to play? What kind of stuff do you like oh, to do? Oh boy. For... Where, where do we be? Where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of games. Um, I don't I don't have a specific genre, but I I like a lot of stuff. I currently playing a lot of Mortal Kombat 11, some Fine. Apex Legends and that's pretty much it right now. Yeah, yeah. Those those are two big games right now that I play play um a lot of these days. But I mean I, I played a lot of games. So. Oh, that's cool. When um when you found me, was it because there was a game that maybe I had voiced in something that you recognized or Um God. Because I know you work you're God, I kinda miss I'm gonna go on a nostalgic little um little thing right now, but I kinda miss the days when when Bethesda had like only two or three voice actors and they used them for all their games. I <laughs> yeah. kinda miss that because that there was a lot of charm, man. Like nowadays it's like, yeah, you got all you got different voices, but come on, man. It was fun playing Fallout Three and realizing like half the cast was like Paul Lighting. Come on, like it's just yeah. it's just hilarious. Uh, it's true. They're they're so nice there, dude. They're like the nicest people ever, you know. But I mean, as a player though, like so you didn't mind having just a handful of voice actors? No, I mean I didn't mind it. I mean, because back then, you know, it wasn't something I really paid that much to, that much okay. attention to. But, you know, it kind of got annoying when you talk to various NPCs and they have like you know the same vocal pattern <laughs> and you can just like yeah. recognize a person straight away like you know paul eiding like he's a, he's got a very recognizable voice and you can spot him like a mile away and it's just like how many characters did you voice in this paul because <laughs> it's it's a lot <laughs> well you know like i don't know his experience but mine was um when i went in i had no idea what i was doing in in a gaming session as you probably know you never really usually do not know what you're doing until you get in there and they just handed me a huge stack of papers like huge and just said go and then um they were all the younger female roles and i think i mean i'm not sure because i've never asked anyone directly um but my feeling was that they kind of did that with everybody just kind of like okay well this guy can do the older male roles. This guy can do the younger male roles and vice versa, right? Um, like with female roles. And it was pretty terrifying and awesome, uh, but mostly terrifying because uh, awesome that you're working and that's always good. But, you know, as an actor, you want to give someone, um, you want to give them a specific well-done performance, right? You want to give them the best you can give. So it, it was terrifying in that regard was you know you, you hardly had any time to build a character at all um 
So it was like, you know, all right, so this chick, she just got beaten up and she's laying in the gutter and the uh, player comes up upon her and she says, don't go in there, go, you know? And, and, and then you're like, okay, well, how old is she? How was she beaten? Was she beaten with a stick? Um, can she speak? Like, clearly, um, is there blood in her mouth? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so um, in that regard, that that part is difficult. On the other hand, it is challenging because you're like, well, dude, I'm, I'm in. It's like a, it's like a marathon of VO, right? So that's kind of exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always fun to, I think one of my, one of the things a lot of people really like about, about, about these sort of games is that, you know, once you go in there, you know, voicing, voicing one or two characters is fun. But I mean, to me, like, I think the most fun is voicing a bunch of incidentals. Because mm. that's when you get to really play and have a lot of fun with coming up with, you know, more than one character and more than more than cookie voices. Because I remember I had like someone talking about like you know um, having fun um, coming in for uh, for a show and doing like a ma uh, a recurring character. But I mean, but he also had fun doing you know a bunch of incidental characters because because it, it meant hey more work for me and more more time to more freedom to experiment because, you know, they're incidental characters. They're not, you know, they're not the main characters. And, and, you know, you can, you have more, you have more room, more wriggle room to, um, to play when it comes to, um, when it comes to incidentals than you do with lead sure. roles. I would agree with that. You would. Some good stuff. I mean, incidentals, it's, you have like a little bit more freedom um, because they're not, it's not as precious as like a lead role. I mean, I will take a lead role anytime. I'd be grateful. Yes, please hire me. But, you know, there is something to be said about it for sure. Yeah, because um, because when you're doing a lead character or a char or an existing character that has existed that was played by someone else, but for whatever reason that uh, that person didn't come back, whether it be they wanted to go for a different direction or that person passed away or that person, you know, was not available for set session um, they they already have like an idea of what the character sounds like, so you, mm -hmm. so you know you go in there and you give them your you know your take on that character, but if it's something like uh, old lady number four, you know they're not gonna care, <laughs> you know they just right. want an old lady right. voice. It uh, but it also depends on who you're working with. Like there are people that do care about old lady number four, like big time, you know. So but but most of the time, you know, you're right, and also. Doing a legacy voice um, frightens me because, uh, first of all, you, you want to live up to it, right? Um, then the other part is, um, I don't know, man, it's just a lot. Just see, I, I, think, I think with what I love about voiceover is coming up with original things, um, original characters, because there's more freedom in that. And like as, as a theater performer, I have been a um, understudy more times than I care to admit. Like, I mean, understudied all the women in um, a couple um, pretty big shows. And um, it's just understudy, swing, swing, understudy. And there's, n it, it is so hard as the actor because you never get to settle into a character. You, you're always, you're constantly watching that performer in trying to emulate what they've done because that is what has been agreed upon. You know, the director likes it, production likes it, everybody's happy, boom. Jan, just watch, 
and we'll have little rehearsals where you dazzle with us, dazzle us with your ability just to um, mimic someone else's performance. And um, we'll hold you on the side for the entire run of the show. Um, and bye. <laughs> you know, and it sucks. It sucks because, like, you know, part of this is to express, to create, to collaborate, you know, um, I just don't, doesn't really resonate with me. It scares me. <laughs> it makes me sad. I think, I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense because you're, you're, um, you already have, they already have an idea of what they want and you're, mm -hmm. you're there to, to recreate it. And that's scary. Right. It really is because you're like, what oh, if I yeah. mess up? You know, you know, they'll know. They'll know yeah. that's not the original person. Or if you're doing like exactly. a, or if you're doing a voice match for for a movie and or it's, something, that you have to sound exactly like that person to the syllable and you cannot right. go off it. Now vocally I can do it. Like if I'm singing, I can do it. But um I don't know, maybe it's just like a little bit of a block I have with it in terms of voice matching. Plus, a lot of times these characters are just so beloved, you know? Like, ugh, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if it's not... Um, I mean, that's another thing you have to think about is um, the fan reception because I don't mm -hmm. know if you know this, but uh, oh yeah, fans can be pretty weird. <laughs> they can be weird and wonderful. I mean, um, also, like, I, I saw... Some voice actors get death threats because people didn't like what they did or how the storyline went. I'm like, y you don't have a say with the, how the story goes, you know, so I don't even understand that. But yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be someone unhappy. But I can promise you this. No critic is going to be worse than my inner critic. <laughs> oh, no, I know this all too well as a as someone as a writer, because... I've, all, I've said this many, many times, but the worst critic in the world is yourself because right. you're the only one who's going to second guess your work more than anybody. Oh, I like, know. Sure. You know, I've shown peop some friends scripts and they're like, oh, I like it. I like this. I like that. And I'm sitting here. <laughs> I, I can literally spend hours upon hours overthinking the simplest details. I yeah. know it's easy to say. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. But you know, I'm I'm that I'm that type of person who, once I'm you know opening up you know Microsoft Word and I'm typing down things, I'm constantly thinking about: Does this make sense? Is this a good name for the character? Would they wear this? What type of color would they be wearing? And and you know, would it make sense if if um, you know what are their relationships and and whatnot and and I just end up end up just like second guessing myself way more than I like to, to be quite honest. No, I get that, it, and and it it really it's it's also a good thing. It's a sign that you care. It's just you have to strike the balance because you don't want to be um, frozen by it, right? You want to be able to still create, still move through. Like I was, I had a session earlier today where I had to sound like um, a rodent and. I had a month to work on it and drive myself crazy with it. And I, believe me, I did. I did. It was 21 pages. 
and I did. I I uh I learned everything about this particular rodent. I came up with all these different choices for them for the for the job today. I had all these different types of foods to make different sounds with because this rodent eats a couple times and I wasn't sure what kind of sound they would want. So I had all this time to overthink. So it's like you want to prepare, but you don't want to drive yourself crazy to prepare, right? So there, there has to be like, <laughs> I had fun. I'm not saying that it was miserable because it wasn't. Um, but, you know, when you're in the session, you have to let go and just have fun. So it's like if you do all the prep work, if you beat yourself up before and you kind of come up with all the options in case they hate what you do, you know, um, then hopefully the idea, at least for me, is to go through all that misery so you can play. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense because like while I am someone who second guesses a lot of what I of, of my scripts and character bios and what have you, I still look back at some of the stuff I did manage to get off the ground. And I'm like, you know what? This might not be great, but I got it off the ground. It exists. It's something that I have reference to. It can be like a little, Hey, I, I did that. I wrote this. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not great, but Hey, I did it. Got it off the ground, which is, which is way more than I can say for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you should be proud of yourself. It is so hard because lots of people have ideas and then uh, they just never do anything with them, you know. So the fact that you try, the fact that you execute and do things like that's it's pretty big in my book. Well, yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta do something, especially with um, being stuck at home now for, for what seems like an eternity. Well, when do you get your second shot? I don't know. Like, I'm just waiting for them to um, send me an SMS. Like, I have not heard anything yet. Because usually how it works is, like, they send you an SMS and saying, okay, you're you're scheduled for this day, show up. And uh, they have not. All they said, like, after after I got the first shot was, okay, here's, um, here's your little card that says you took the first shot. Bring this back with you when we, when we, um, when you come back. And then they sent me a, a text message saying, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when your, when your next appointment is ready. And that was like, what, a month ago? So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Man, that sucks. <laughs> so, like, are you behind getting your second shot? Like, I mean, I was supposed to get it this month, like some sometime this month, but then... Lo and behold, we were they announced like, oh, we're going back to partial lockdown, which means that um, after curfew, everything shut down. Like after curfew, you're you're stuck at home. You have to you're not allowed to leave the house. Otherwise, you'll face jail time or and you cannot pay bail because uh, bail. They made it ridiculously high on purpose because they're like, yeah, wow. we, we know we know. And um, you 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 end up with a lot of um, a lot of people trying to rush home before the the curfew, and the curfew is really terrible because it starts um, it um, the only time we have free is five in the morning to five in the afternoon. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's terrible because that because again, you only have like twelve hours to get your shit done in a day. That's and, crazy. And it's just. 
Oh my god, it's it's it worked as well as you had uh, as well as you think it would have worked. And we hear talks about them saying, okay, maybe we'll extend it, maybe we'll change like the the curfew um cutoff. But no, we were still like it's still up in the air. Like we don't know. Are they meeting about it? Is Parliament having a meeting about it? Are they? Aren't, aren't they? I don't know what's going on. And quite frankly, I'm at that point where I've said this to my therapist a lot. I'm at that point where I want to be as willfully ignorant as possible because the more I pay attention to the news and what's going on, the, the more pissed off I fucking get. So. Right. I know, man. I mean, I get that in my own way. Uh, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, maybe by 2036, we'll be we'll be back. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hopefully, way before that. But no, um, I do and miss it's, and it's everybody. I mean, it sucks because we were doing so well. And we were on the list of countries that, hey, you know, responded, you know, not the best, but we had like handled it. Like there was a point where we had we were slowly go going back to normalcy, like people were starting to 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 work back in offices again and, and whatnot. And I mean, like we were we were almost there and then, nope, the cases got got higher again and we're back to square one. And yeah. I know. It's I mean, the, it really is. It really is. The frustrating it, thing about at least here, have you ever lived in the United States? No, I haven't, but I've been there at like some of the worst periods to be there. <laughs> like when? Um, I, um, God, uh, one of the worst periods was, um, I mean, not, not periods, but like worst times to be there. Cause I remember like the last time I was there was, um, 2019 on Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl weekend and that was a complete disaster. <laughs> Why was that a disaster? Oh, cuz the the airports were crazy or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Airports were 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 insane because we we were we um we had like two destinations. We we originally stopped at like Florida for 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 a couple of days and then we were going to like okay, we're going to stop at Florida for for a couple of days because my parents wanted to go to Florida and I'm like, okay, fine. And then <laughs> we, we went to, um, we, we went to LA for, for a couple of days as well. So, and it, it was, it was short. It was only like, I think two weeks, it was only a two week vacation. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't anything to write home about. But, um, when we went to, when we were getting, um, I'll, I'll never forget this. Like when we were, uh, when we went to the airport to go to, 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 you know, LA, it was crowded. It was like, I've never been in, in a line more as long as the one I, I had been in when I went to, when we were trying to get our tickets for, for the, um, for the, for the, for the flight to, to LA. It was, oh, it was wow. crazy. It was, it was crazy. And cause there was a lot of people who wanted to, to get to get home for the for Super Bowl weekend, and I, and I should know because they had all they had a bunch of they had a bunch of LA Rams merch with them. So. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So yeah, that's, that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, that is, that is, but you know, I guess with the frustrating thing here is that there isn't a universal message. You know, like you'll have the president 
saying one thing um, and in the previous administration, definitely having the president saying one thing and then scientists and doctors saying another. And then you have governors of, of different states taking their own spin on what they think is right. So you'll have one state doing all the things like locking everything down, right? And everybody's miserable, but we're doing it for the greater good, right? We're, we're working through this so we can end it early. But then the state right next to them is acting like nothing ever happened, you know, and they're crossing the border left and right. And they're like doing whatever they want to do, however they want to do it and infecting us, you know, so it's just like it's, it's so frustrating because like my, my mom has leukemia and um, it's been super terrible um, right now during COVID in particular, I mean, cancer is never fun for anybody, especially the patient, of course. But, you know, if people would just get their crap together <clears throat> and think about others for a minute, as people claim that they do, um, make themselves a little bit uncomfortable for the greater good, then I could take my mom a couple places so she can enjoy it. You know, like, I don't know how long she has and I don't want her stuck in a house unless she has to be, you know, I want to be able to go and see some things and see some family, but man, it's rough. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. And her friends don't believe it exists, so she can't see her friends. So they're all like, I'm not wearing a mask. That mask is just, it's, it's just a bunch of crap. The government's trying to control you. I'm like, really? I'm not getting that vaccine. I'm not doing that. I'm like, look, people, dude, like, <laughs> it's going to be because of you. Two things. You're going to overwhelm the healthcare system more than it already has been. And you're going to help this thing mutate. So, ah, oh, this makes me so mad. I'm just like, just do it. Get it over with. You know, <sighs> that's, I feel like that is just so infuriating, I guess, with all of this, um, misinformation, which I'm not exactly sure, not smart enough to know what is behind it, but I have my theories of what I think is behind it. It's just like, I feel like it's destroying us from the inside out, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I know the reason why, because people want to have this idea that they're the heroes of their story and that, you know, they Absolutely. want to fight, fight against something, so... And once you fight the virus, you know, like, like, for example, I have a family member that died of COVID, you know, and he went to something. Um, he's a veteran. He was elderly. And you would think that it was it was a ball. It was like a Marine Corps kind of gala situation that they would protect the people who protected us <laughs> by maybe not having the gala and maybe maybe waiting a year or doing it online or whatever. But, you know, I just, it's the most vulnerable that are affected. So what do you do for the most vulnerable? You step up and you help, right? That's what I always thought. But mm -mm. you're right. People, they're the, the hero of their own movie. And they see things through that lens. And it takes it takes a lot of effort to step back and see it through someone else's lens. But that's what we're supposed to do, right? That's, that's empathy, right? I mean, you 
would think it, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But but that is something that I'm grateful for because I think acting creates that. Like you you have to see something from someone else's perspective because there are no villains. Because the villain thinks, like you just said earlier, like they're they're fighting the good fight for whatever it is they believe in. Um, because it's it's too easy just to be the bad guy, right, or the good guy. Like there's everybody has so many different like layers and and hues to them. Yeah, and and I'm just it it just makes me laugh that that people still see, like people still see the world in, in black and white and say, well, mm-hmm. you know my side believes this and thus and thus we're right and you know you can't convince me otherwise when uh, but but at the same time you're like yeah but you know your side lost and um right. and but uh, i think it's just because it's just easier if you just say you know my side their side instead of seeing all the layers in between and how certain things do connect and certain things just don't like you know it's i don't know I always have this saying, like, everybody gets diarrhea. Like, you know, there's just no one's perfect. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody hurts. Everybody, you know, feels uncomfortable, is embarrassed, whatever it is, you know. So it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, we just love each other. Because yeah, that's, that's <laughs> we're all it, just going to get diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, and that's, I mean, that's why I'm like, you know, it's okay to to be a fan of someone, but don't don't put them up on a pedestal and act like they can do it wrong. Please don't. Because I don't know anyone that hasn't done something stupid. (laughs) Myself included, you know, everyone. But I think that's what makes a hero is a flawed human being that does something above and beyond what they even imagined they were, they would be capable of doing in, in a moment. You know, making that split second decision to do something that is super uncomfortable um, to help someone else or to bring awareness to something, you know, like that, that's heroic. Being perfect isn't heroic. Being flawed and still trying is heroic, right? Yeah, because you, you, we all make mistakes, you know, sometimes, you know, I've, I'll admit it, like I've done some things that are pretty horrendous and pretty disgusting and I look back with the, at them with regret and I, I've, I keep telling myself like I don't like the person I was 10 years ago and I don't want to look back on that person. I just want to focus on the now and how I can, you know, not make the same mistakes I made, you know, 10 years ago. And it's tough. I mean, it's tough because there are times where Especially with with COVID and isolation and mm-hmm. and just 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 looking at stuff that that you know that that just makes you angry like it just just makes it real real pissed off and and you just come close to 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 making those mistakes again but you just like you know you have to take a step backward and say and take a deep breath and say and and say you know is it worth it no it's not it's not right. worth um you know undoing all the work you've been doing for the past couple of for the past year trying to better yourself as a person for the sake of what for the sake of what getting into an argument with someone that you don't longer talk to <laughs> like come on do you ever have like those internal arguments like i'll have like if there's a certain family member or 
person that I feel like like we've we have beef, you know, and we've never settled it. Like I'm like, well, I know what I'm gonna say to them if I ever see them again. Blah blah blah. And then I I notice that I'm having this like phantom argument. <laughs> And it literally raises my pulse, raises my blood pressure. I'm like, wait a second, dude. What are you doing to yourself? They're out there living their best life, probably having ice cream. And I'm like arguing with myself. <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah, I've had those, I've had those conversations a, a lot where I'm like, oh, I can't wait to, 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 to have like a one-on-one -on -one talk with this person. I'm totally yeah. going to say this. I'm going to totally going to say that, but you know, if it, if it comes, I'm like, no, I have nothing to say to them. <laughs> like, I have nothing. And at the same time... Well, and here's the thing. It'll... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, like, they don't even care. Because as you said, they're they're the hero. So it won't even matter. So, so when you're in the situation and you actually see them, then the words just aren't there? Yeah, no. But I mean, like, you know, sometimes when you... You, like you know you want to see them uh, you know for whatever chance you get to 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 cross paths with them and you're just like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna let it happen i'm gonna let it happen but then when it happens and you're face to face with them you're like i got nothing to say like i have literally nothing to say and i mean nothing that would make me look good anyway and it would just be a waste of time really I'm sorry, but hey, I'm proud of you because it is so hard to recognize behavior that isn't working and and actually change it. There's so many people that just live unexamined lives and never try to grow. And it speaks a lot about your character that that's even on your heart and mind. You know what I mean? That's yeah, pretty because great. It, okay, I don't care if this pisses anyone off. You know, it's my podcast. I can say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> you know, why are you listening to this <laughs> if you don't want my opinion? Uh, but um, it makes me mad whenever I see like a, a, a some a, you know a, someone who's like famous on the internet or like someone who's like well known end up like making end up getting exposed for being like a really terrible person, and they always come out with the with these bullshit PR apologies. That aren't really apologies. They're just like, yeah, I'm sorry I got caught. Like, aren't, mm -hmm. aren't you going to like better yourself? Aren't you going to take this opportunity and try to better yourself as a person? Because look, I'm not above, you know, for, forgiving people if they want to, you know, put in the work to actually better themselves as, 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 as human beings. I'm not above that. I'm not going to be like, well, I don't accept, accept your apology. You, what you did was terrible, blah, blah, blah. But but I mean, put in the work, put in the effort. Don't just give this, give a bullshit PR statement about oh how you, how you feel sorry for for getting caught and how you 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 did this and you did that and that and you and you're going to therapy and and you're you're totally do, uh, doing a lot of self uh, self uh, self reflect uh, self reflection and soul searching and all these worthless bu worthless buzzwords put right. in the work put in the goddamn work right well, you know I, I agree with you 100 percent. it's it's just whether or not someone's i mean you probably get this like you have to be ready for the work you have to be and then it's like will they ever be you know because a lot of these people get places um yeah maybe there's they're incredible talents 
um, but are they good people? <laughs> Have they ever had to do anything beyond, you know, just being and doing what made them famous, right? And a lot of times people get places further than most because they're willing to do things and say things that maybe I wouldn't be willing to do or you wouldn't be willing to do um, because they know it's going to get them somewhere, right? And then when they're called out on something, it's like news to them. What? What? Me? <laughs> um, and I think that's where those buzzwords come from because it sounds good, right? It's, a, it's that Teflon persona, you know, things just kind of slide off of them. And a lot of times, unfortunately, they have been able to get away with it. But I'm, hope, I'm hoping now we're getting closer to an era where that's just not going to happen as easily, hopefully. I don't know that's true or not but it feels it feels kind of that way right yeah yeah i mean there are people who who don't come back from 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 getting exposed but sometimes they do and mm -hmm. the worst part is like even if they if they never work another day in their lives there's always going to be people who are Interesting. Who, who are who who buy into their 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 apologies and say well you guys are just being harsh on them you know, throwing out, you know, buzzwords left and right saying, oh, why are you trying to cancel this person? Why are you trying to cancel this person? Cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel culture and all that other crap. But at the same but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not canceling someone for pointing out the fact that they're a blatant fucking racist. OK, right. <laughs> you're holding them accountable. Yeah. And maybe canceling is what is part of being held accountable. Maybe the canceling is because it shouldn't have existed in the first place, right? You know, ugh, it makes me so mad. I yeah, so. And, and what's worse is like you know you, you point out that you know what you said earlier is that you know they they get away with it and they they shot they're shocked at you know when people call them out on it, it's because they surround themselves with yes men and people right? who just who just say what they want to hear, or 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 sometimes you know when when someone tries to to tell them that they're wrong, they just filter them out or they just say, well, I'll do better next time, but they never do. They never do. And I mean, I, and, and I don't I know just, what it's like. And I oh, just, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I just, and I just hate the fact that, you know, we're, that there are a lot of people who just want to normalize this behavior and just say, okay, it's fine. You know, that's just how they are. No, it's, it's not fine because like the more we normalize it and the more we, we we make it like say okay this is a, this is acceptable behavior the more people are going to be like well if this person is doing it why can't why can't why can't I do it and that's why right. and that's why you see so many disgusting ideologies spreading like wildfire is because we just normalize this shit no that's true did you see the the Kylie Jenner thing where she was asking people to donate money <laughs> I mean how tone deaf is that like this is your friend. You know, this is like you make four hundred fifty grand in a day, and you can't provide them with health care, you know, or help them out. Even <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's just like, and see, that's what drives me nuts. Is I can't. I mean, I don't know what it's like. I mean, when you're that famous and and you have access like that, and all these people, their livelihoods depend on you and your success, and you being uplifted, and then and the pressure of having to provide for all those people. But obviously, for her makeup artist, she's not necessarily providing for them. I don't know. It's just, it's, 
I feel like we, I think going back to what you were saying, I think we uplift people for the wrong things. You know, we should, that should never have existed. Why does someone who comes from wealth and just creates more wealth off of the work of others, um, butchers, butchers her body and face to be something that she's not, um, who's never really lived in the real world, yet these you know, young girls are looking to her as an example of what to be. <laughs> so, like, what? <laughs> like, no, no. And that's, I was kind of hoping with COVID that maybe, um, at least in our country here, because there wasn't by, in my opinion, um, by the administration, the previous administration, um, by the higher ups, a, listening to science, listening to doctors, you know, there just seemed to be like, not wearing masks and the whole bit. Like, I just thought that, no, America's going to come out of this better and they're going to um, gravitate towards the truth and gravitate towards science and gravitate towards, you know, because, I mean, science is a moving target. So, of course, you know, Fauci will say one week that, you know, you don't need a mask. And the next week he's going to say you need a mask because maybe there's more data. Right. But that's how science is. It's always evolving. Um, so I was just kind of hoping that we would look to experts, people who really knew what they were doing instead of like some influencer that jumps off a cliff and goes, woo, you know, and all of a sudden they have their own series. You're like, what is this world? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny you even mentioned that because I remember watching um, watching a video talking about uh, a series and 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 bringing up the subject of reality television and how we as a society like there was a period of time where we we put um, complete idiots on television just to make them famous for whatever reason. Right. I know. Whereas before, like now, representation was non-existent for anybody other than someone that had lily white skin that's for sure or was going to be put in some sort of like um stereotypical you know role but everyone was talented af man like i mean everybody could sing dance and act like everyone <laughs> like everyone <laughs> you know because you'll watch old movies and you're like wow i didn't know bob hope could tab dance or so-and-so could do this. And now it's just kind of like someone's known for just going, huh? And then they get their own show. And you're like, wait, what? What has happened? <sighs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with like voiceover. It's like, because before, I mean, I've mentioned this before, they had the old guard. They had their go-to people who they just cast yeah. and everything. And I've said this before, like many, many times, but back then the only representation we had were like what phil lamar kevin kevin michael richardson and um and Cree summer that was right. it like those are the and, entire and deborah the entire, wilson yeah and deborah wilson like that, that was it like deborah wilson yep. if you're lucky you know on a, i know on a she's an incredible human being Deborah Wilson is made of stardust. I am in love with her. She is wonderful. She is the nicest, most talented, kind soul on this planet. Like, truly. She prays for my mom every day. She has a picture of myself and my mom together on her phone. So when, when she turns her phone off and turns it back on, it's on the background and it's the locked picture. <laughs> Isn't that the sweetest thing? 
That's very thoughtful. <laughs> very thoughtful. But, you know, but going back to so the representation, like, so now, so you're saying, where were you going? I didn't want to interrupt no, you. I mean, Sorry. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, back then they had this old guard of, like, you know, you had, you know, specific people who were just there to, to fill in, like, the, the people of color. Like, you know, you wanted a black character, okay, get, get Phil Amari or, or Kevin Michael Richardson. You know, right. there was no, like, there was no opportunity being given to other to other you know pe people of color talents um you want you want um you want a hispanic character i'll get car color a carlos carlos because he can speak spanish he, you know mm -hmm. he can do he can do he can do the accent you know why not <laughs> you know so and and it was that period like you know you go back and watch those shows from from the 2000s late, late 90s early 2000s and 2000s in general do you, do you start to wonder like okay is there is there a character is there like a a a, a, a person of color not voiced by these specific people because it's getting kind of ridiculous but you know it, it, i mean it took so long for them to realize that you know you kind of need to bring in people who um to you know to open the gates for for younger for younger talent and um you know give a diverse talent yeah, diverse talent and give, you know, struggling p people of color, you know, chances and opportunities that, that you and know. write things for yeah. for those actors and actresses. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, mean, I know. So it's the same thing with, like, women. Like, because back then, like, the 2000s, I guarantee you, like, most of them women, again, like, three women. Like, it was just Tara Strong, Grey Delisle, and Cree Summer. That was it. Like, those were, like, they're in all those shows. And it's just, right. like, were there no other women? Were there no Well, also, <laughs> if you look at those shows, and if you look at um, shows even before that, usually it's, like, a buddy comedy. It's two dudes, and there's always, like, one chick, or there's a mom, and they, they always they always stop the joke. <laughs> like, oh, you guys, stop it, you know? Oh, you boys! <laughs> you know? I mean, not always, but there were... And I'm not trying to get on my my gender soapbox because I have to be very mindful when I say these things because there's a lot available now as as opposed to what it was. And I don't know if I'm necessarily the brightest bulb in the tanning bed to know to be an expert on the subject. All I do know is when I see sides, generally it's it's lots of parts for dudes even now, and um, it's getting better. It's getting a lot better, um, but. It's written by dudes for dudes. It's dude humor. And believe me, I love dude humor because I'm basically like a 12-year-old boy that loves a fart joke, you know? <laughs> so it's, it, it is the kind of humor I love. It's just typically or have it in my experience. I mean, do you, do you, does that resonate? Do you agree or? Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to. To, you know, not look back on those shows because, again, like, they'll admit it. Like, you know, you talk to anyone who worked on the original Transformers or G.I. Joe, like right. those, were those, those were the target audience. They're like, you know, boys are your your main target demographic, right for them. But, like, like Smurfs, okay. one girl, you know, <laughs> um, you, you, you watch, you go back all the way back to Looney Tunes. There was, like, what, the Granny and the Witch and... um the 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 love interest oh the girl that um that love the who was the chick that loved Foghorn Lakehorn 
like, a mile, <laughs> you know, what was her name? But like, know. I think June Foray, she was like amazing, but she voiced all of that. But they, they only like, there aren't, there aren't many, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying, we, especially the legacy stuff. Like and for the longest time, some of them never even have voices. They just showed up to, to like hang out with bugs and then walk away. <laughs> Not so much, I guess, Warner Brothers, more so other things, but I don't know. I just, I, I like to, I, I, it's refreshing that now they're writing things with female leads more often and um, opening up auditions. Because I feel like people really care. Because I have a couple friends that work in, you know, with certain studios and they really care. They really, really want to change the dynamic. They really want to have real representation and not just like a sprinkling of diversity just to feel good or for it to look good on paper, you know, like they really, really, really care. Um, so I, I feel like in these next several years, it's just as, as these people move up, it's really going to change, I think. I mean, I've, I've said this before, but, um, you know, I, I look at the shows that are coming out now and it's kind of mind boggling because like, it's it's so surreal because I look at these shows and I'm like, this would have never existed back when I was a kid, never. Hmm. Like <laughs> never. which shows? Like just just stuff like you know Steven Universe. Um, oh yeah. You know, Steven Universe, The Loud House, The Owl mm -hmm. House, just like uh, like all all these shows. Like looking at these shows, Infinity Train, like all totally. these shows would not have existed back when I was a kid. They'd be like, you know, no, we're not going to do any female lead, female as the lead character. Nah, we're not going to do that. Right. You know? <laughs> so, and, and even, even, I've said this before, but um, I've noticed that looking back on a lot of the shows I grew up with, I mean, I still love them. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, well, these shows are terrible now because blah, 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 because I understand they were written in a different time and and whatnot and they have their faults but i've noticed that um one of the things i love about animation now is that you know more women are being given opportunities to play characters to play lead characters and not supporting roles because back in back in back in the 90s where i grew up it was like you know uh, women could only be like supporting characters or villains and that's it like those right. are the only roles that they had <laughs> and it's just it's just so sad looking back at it I mean, I'm not, and I'm not saying like those women didn't do a phenomenal job of, um, with what they were given. Like some of these performances do stand the test of time, but at the same time, you know, they're still supporting characters and or and still villainesses. And some some of them are even just like recurring characters, weren't even there for the full series. Right, right. Um, that's. I mean, and 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 you're right. Incredible work they did, even with you know things not necessarily being readily available, you know, like you do, you get what you get. Right. And they're incredible actress, actresses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Jen Hale, April Winchell, Winchell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I freaking love Tress McNeil. <laughs> like she's insane. She's incredible. No, like, yeah. Tress, Tress McNeil. Like she, again, I, I still say that, um, you know, what makes Animaniacs so great and what makes like the Warner siblings so great is, is the dynamic between 
those three actors and it could it could not it, i mean it can't work without if you take anyone out of, out of that equation it yeah they're fire work. together man yeah. they're amazing gosh when it came back i was so worried it was i i was like please let it be them please let it be them because i could just see where it could easily go you know the route of like using on camera people and putting them in there and like, oh, won't it be fun? And oh, you know, so-and-so will be a box office draw. I'm like, no, you cannot not have that magic. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got to have them. They're just so great. And I was kind of worried, like I said this in another episode, but I was kind of worried about, oh, it's been like X amount of years since they've done this. Like, you know, can they still do it? You know, is oh, the yeah. chemistry going to be there? But like first episode, man, they they – they have not missed a. They have not missed a beat. It's just like, it's like they've almost like never left. Like it just. Uh, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. They never left. It's so true. It's so true. That is really what I, I aspire to is an original character, that, adults and kids love. I can grow with that character, but more importantly, grow with a cast like an ensemble record. That is really, really, really what I would truly love. And I'm like, so, so worried that COVID's going to take that away. But I mean, it's already hard enough as it is. Like, you know, I don't think I've ever been in the, with, with the, the few things that I've actually done, you know, um, I don't think I've ever been in the same room as another voice actor, you know, talking to, to them, having a scene with them. Like, it makes me so sad. Like, that's, can you imagine, like, oh, the performances would be so much better. I feel, I feel like they would. Because then you know where they're coming from. And, and I get it. It's hard to get people together and all that stuff. But, like, when I watch ensemble records for Animaniacs, for, you know, Loud House. I mean, they have ensemble records, or they did. Um, you know, like, oh, God, it looks like so much fun. Like, so much fun. And, and maybe that's part of it for me is that with theater, yeah, I did a lot of shows. But a lot of times I was the understudy. So I never got to grow with a cast either. I was just kind of like someone on the side that just had their purpose that they used every once in a while, if, if at all, you know. So it would be, that would be magic, I think, to be a part of something like that. I just hope they still exist after COVID. Yeah, I mean, this has been a recurring topic for the past couple of weeks, <laughs> for, for the year. <laughs> for, I bet. Yeah, because I, it's, it's hard not to think about it. It's like, because I've, I've had episodes where I'm like, yeah, I I don't think that they're going to be doing group records anymore because they 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 think it's much cheaper to record via via Zoom and whatnot. And then I've had someone just come in and say, well, they're not they're going to go back to doing group records in studio because you know da 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 da, da because you know Zoom is not reliable because it depends on like Internet how good, yeah how good your connection is. So they're not going to forego. So they're not going to forego the the studio process entirely. And plus, like, you know, if you're doing like a dubbing session, you, you know, you kind of need to be in studio for that. To, you know, yeah. Just, you know, Music you know. in particular, like I've to be able to, to sing, I like I was musical theater first, like singing first before I always wanted to do voiceover. But like, um, you know, like I just don't see how you can do a song and a with a group of people without all of you guys together, you know, it has to be really hard, you know, cause like, cause the Animaniacs, they have so many songs. Like, I don't know how they do that. 
without people being together. They have to do it, right? I mean the the um the reboot maybe was individual. Like, I mean the the reboot was recorded like ensemble because I've had someone who did who did do like a, a bit part on the show, and she said like she did record you know ensemble and she was just like amazed at how. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what a gift! Oh, so great. <laughs> So great. Yeah, because it was recorded like way back in like 2018. And no, yeah, but but the second season. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of worried about because they. That's where I'm coming there. from. I don't even know how they do that. Wow. I mean, maybe like I don't know. I mean, because there are studios like you know that 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 do you know that because I've I've had people who have done recordings in studios during covid but that were mm -hmm. you know sanctioned and safe so maybe they'll do it like that i don't know yeah but, well a couple of my friends that have been going in in la like they're like if it's especially a song like so a couple of people have like really great setups at home which is great um and but for music they'll go in but it's not the ensemble it's you know it's just you doing your track hearing that track and then thank god for the wizards of engineering like honestly if, if 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 covid hasn't shown a voice actor and all of the uh production team the value of an engineer i don't know what will because i mean this has to drive them crazy because <laughs> you got a bunch of people who say they know what their equipment is and um and i'm saying that with myself included by the way you know and then something goes wrong in the session and they're trying to help you do it remotely <laughs> like it's so crazy like they're wonderful it, they're such a gift to have an engineer is such a luxury because then you're not even having to think about anything else other than the performance you're not thinking about your levels you're not thinking about your connection you're not thinking how am i going to listen to this music track and sing to it like they're they're the masterminds making it all happen <laughs> So I hope I hope people realize how great they are. Yeah, no, but uh, I remember like talking to um, uh, some, uh, someone. Um, I remember talking to my buddy um, Andrew Andrew Morgano on the show, and oh. um, you know he's you know he, he he's came, hilarious. Yeah, he came. You know, he said like you know one of the things we talked we were talking about like the um, the uh, the situation and and how and how it comes to you know settling in. And I was just really listening to that episode and he, and he just made me laugh because, you know, he said like, you know, if this has taught me anything, it's just like how, you know, it, it, if it, if it, if it had taught me anything is that how it is, um, how, how tech savvy people are. Cause he had to walk through, he had to like teach people like how to use basic stuff, like basic really? stuff. And it's just like, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, because like it forced a lot of people who weren't like tech savvy to to become tech savvy, and and you know him coming from you know an an audio engineering background and, and ADR, wait, I did not know that about him. Yeah, you didn't know about that. No, <laughs> dude. Okay, so this he is so funny. Like I I met him at BlizzCon 2019. Um, I was sitting with some friends and we were watching the Overwatch panel and. He just sits down and he's all like unassuming, so super nice. Then I found out later he's like super well-known voice actor for Blizzard and, you know, all this stuff. Um, but his hashtags are hilarious on Instagram. Do you ever look at them? 
Oh yeah, well, I mean, he, we, we both follow each other, so you know. Okay, okay, <laughs> hilarious, so funny, like he's so funny. So I didn't know that about him at all. That's really cool. Maybe no. did I? I don't think so. I don't think I knew that. Didn't mention it. That's kind of weird, but um, yeah, uh, maybe maybe he did, and I was just. I mean, it was not a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> that he was a engineer. Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, you know, him coming from that background, you know, he he could walk he could walk you know people through easily and he's an expert on what type of setups to use and and he and uh -huh. we even joked like before recording is like you know uh, something was wrong with your microphone and he's like uh give me a minute and he's like and i'm like yeah your mic doesn't sound good is that that is that the cheap shit and i'm like no and he's like no it's not the cheap shit this isn't the cheap shit <laughs> <laughs> No, I love Andrew. He's, he's, a, he's a good friend. He's a good guy. He is. Um, in terms of like people that you've interviewed, like does it kind of run the gamut? I don't even know. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, the, the gamut in terms of like voice actors in games. Um, is it mainly games, or is it like oh, God, I've had, animation? I've, or... I've had people from all over the the spectrum when it comes to bad people from animation from video games from from audiobooks from a bunch of other stuff like anime dubbing you know last couple of um you know beginning at the start of the month i we had a had a lengthy discussion with someone about anime dubbing so you know there you go <laughs> yeah i've never done dubbing have i i don't think so I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an excruciating process. It's an art. It's, it's you know I've done dubbing for there was a a million years ago there was a it's a British cartoon that they were trying to make uh, American and so it was it was English dubbing English so I don't but I guess they didn't want British accents so I did do that so like the beep 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 kind of thing. Have you been have you recorded anything? like that no but i mean i've heard i've seen the process and i've you know had people on who have talked about their experiences and it's hard like some struggle with it and and i and i said this said this on the episode where we discussed dubbing where i am in awe every time i watch an english dub and an actor like matches the entire lip flaps and gives like a an amazing performance and no word, no, like no word sounds out of place. Like I am in awe at the people who can do that. Truly, truly. It's, it is an art form. I was actually, um, there's a friend of mine. She does the audio descriptions for, um, the, um, visually impaired for, for television or for like Netflix in particular. I think there was one particular show she was doing. Was it Netflix? That is hard. I had an audition for that once, and the guy was just like, yep, mm, nope, you can't do it. And I'm like, yep, mm -hmm, you're right. Because, <laughs> like, I think my – yeah, I know it. My audition was an excerpt from Harry Potter. I can't remember the scene, though. I think I might have blocked it out because I knew I was – I failed miserably at it. But you're supposed to watch the action and then look down at your paper – and describe the action, but you have to keep it in congruent with the action that's actually going up on the screen. But do you read the lines? Do you look the 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 picture? It was like doom 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 doom. It's like, 
people that can do that are masters. Yeah, it, and you have to like, you have to make it. You know, you're describing something. It's not you can't have an emotion in it. You're you know you're right. describing something for the visually impaired. So you can't just say you know you can't you know start riffing on the material. You know exactly. Even you gotta keep it complete. Exactly, you can't make anything up. That's true. Hey, I just realized what time it is. Um, it's yeah. is it. Almost midnight for you, or yeah, it's 11? almost midnight. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, is there anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, I don't feel like I gave you anything, dude. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you know. To me, the best episodes are the ones that feel like a conversation. And because I've interviewed so many voice actors, I think I pretty much covered all there is to cover about. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I hear ya. No, I hear ya. Uh, but before we go, uh, where can people find you to bother you online? Where can they find me? Um, I would say they can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook or my website. Um, I um, have looked at TikTok, but it's like, I don't know if TikTok needs another voice actor. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, you can bother me. It's easiest to bother me on Instagram. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So thank you so much for taking the time up to do this. This has been a fascinating conversation. And if you ever want to come back for whatever reason yeah i might there's some cool things that are going to come out hopefully in the next several months that hopefully people will enjoy i hope um i've been you know really grateful for the work i've been able to do in the midst of this pandemic especially while my mom's been so sick it's like i have the luxury of being able to work from home and help her you know get through this so um I just can't believe I'm I'm able to still work because so many people aren't, you know, unfortunately, and hopefully that will change. But um, so hopefully I'll have some cool stuff to talk about at some point <laughs> instead of like, I did a video game once. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And uh, yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> right, well, thank you for your heart. And thank you for having the heart to like see the world and be better in the world, you know, because I think a lot of people don't. And, you know, if people don't say that enough to you, like I'm saying it to you now because it's not easy and to try is amazing and to continue to try is even more amazing. So, you know, good on you for that. Thanks. Thanks so much. You're welcome. All right. Hope you guys don't get locked down again. That sucks. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Right. Take care.